welcome to Butter With That, a movie podcast with a couple friends from Philly. Um, just, you know, chilling out on the floor, talking about movies and stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be weird tonight. Um, it's yeah. going to be a weird night. <laughs> it will be a weird one. Um, also, because like we, we haven't recorded in a bit, so... This. Don't let out our secrets. <laughs> it's out. Oh, spoiler alert. Ah. Are we keeping that a secret? Should I not talk about it? I think we've already talked about it. Okay, great. No, I, but, I mean, if people see our Instagram posts and they realize that doesn't happen every week. We're not perfect people, everyone. You should no. know that right off the bat. I know that we come off that way. Alas, <laughs> we have issues. <laughs> we can't always record when we want to. <laughs> um, so we are still on our winter theme, uh, which is cold. Um, as, <laughs> yes, because it is cold, except not really today, but it has been cold. Um, and so in, with that, we are going to be doing my movie today, which is a horror movie called We Are Still Here from 2015. Um, but before we talk about that, how is everyone doing? Um, I have strep throat, so, you know, I'm really honing it in here, everybody. I'm here, though. I've got a cough drop in my mouth. We're not keeping that a secret. No. Okay, you great. Can, no, it's lemon, and it's really good right mm. now. Is, are all the flavors mm-hmm. lemon? No. There it's was like, tropical fruit. Choice, it is. Though. I can't figure out what the pink one was. It was good. One of them is grapefruit. It was definitely grapefruit. Fan. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was definitely. Yeah, What's the good. brand? Halls. Mm. Yep. Not a sponsor. <laughs> we are not being sponsored by Halls. <laughs> but why not Halls? Help me out here. Halls, Halls should sponsor podcasts. Yeah, if it's you wanna... all audio. All yeah, for talking. real. Especially this time of yeah, like this time of year too. Like you know, they don't need to sponsor anybody. They're like, yeah, people get sick. They buy our shit. All <laughs> They're the like, time. we don't need your shitty <laughs> podcast. Okay, guys. <laughs> We just get like a cease and the desist order from Hall. Stop talking about Hall. Um, you need to stop this. Um, yeah. So besides Sam having strep, how's everyone else doing? Anyone seen anything good lately? Or? I just came back from Eastern Europe. So not only does it feel like it's one in the morning for me, um, but I saw a bunch of movies on the plane. Um, plane rides to and from. I saw the first Creed for the first time. I cried about halfway through, cried at the end. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Um, We can get into this later. I imagine we'll do Creed one day on the podcast. But it's like nostalgia done perfectly. Mm. Like they never play the full Rocky theme. A theme in the Mm. movie is Adonis Creed, which is Michael B. Jordan's character, not wanting the Creed name because he wants to build his own legacy, which also comments on like this franchise not wanting to be like Rocky 10 or whatever number Mm. they're on. Um, I saw Ocean's 8, I saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Incredibles 2, and... How big was the screen on your plane ride? Um, it was <laughs> like, like... That can really It was like medium iPad size. The viewing experience. Okay. Oh, okay. Fine. That's, That's better. excellent. Yeah. I feel like I always have the smallest ones, and I always try to watch like, movies I should not be watching oh on a plane. Oh my god, mine was like, on a recent trip, it was like... Four inches by five inches or something <laughs> stupid. Like a four by six picture. Yes, you're like, eh. exactly. And you're trying to watch some like epic adventure. Oh my God. Here's the one thing I don't like about watching movies on the plane. It's like the other people around you can see what you're watching. Mm. And you're like, I- I'm watching Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, but like, fuck you for judging me. Right, don't <laughs> judge me. Don't judge me. I love these beasts. <laughs> They're my the favorite. Niffler, the Niffler. I feel like I'm also that person that like, even as much as I don't want to, I will always start looking at the other person's oh, yeah, screen. Uh-huh. You gotta know. And then you judge them for what <laughs> yeah, they're watching. Um, so they have to be doing it to me too. Uh-huh. Alyssa was watching Pan's Labyrinth for the first time. Oh, and I, you mm. should not watch that on a plane. <laughs> yeah. People, that is a sad movie. So I just was hoping what people would see when the like general's like sewing his cheek back together and- oh god that is that Ugh. movie is brutal but it's so good um so yeah i saw lots of movies mm-hmm. um, yeah i also have seen several movies um because i was sick um i just watched movies in bed one day and it was amazing i saw a lot but i only want to talk about two because one sucked um one is to all the boys i've loved before i also watched that. <laughs> oh my god like when i am sick i just want the most like cheesy romantic movie where I'm like aww it was like a Netflix production yeah it was so cute it was cute (laughs) it was so cute and then I also saw Tori I saw The Guest with Dan Stevens and it was so so good good. so good holy shit I was like hyped the whole movie I was like like, live text me and I was like yes she fucking loves it I'm so stoked (laughs) I bought it on Amazon before the movie was even over so I loved it Dan Stevens is so hot in that movie 
it's just so bananas. And I was like, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I also listened to the soundtrack a lot. The soundtrack is so good. So good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really great. Um, speaking of, I saw Mandy for the first time, which also has a dope fucking score, um, which is really good. And we're going to be doing it for the next horror movie night in January. Um, I saw Widows, which I also really loved. Um, I thought that was super solid. Um, I feel really bad. Um, Steve McQueen is the director. Um, he also did, um, 12 Years a Slave and some other stuff Mm -hmm. too. Um, but yeah, Widows was really dope and the acting was really great, especially like the female cast. I was super stoked about, um, Oh my god! I watched a million things. I watched uh, "You Might Be the Killer," which was really fun. Um, that's on Shutter, as well as "Summer of '84," which was very like '80s nostalgia movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that's good. Yeah, I really dug that too. Um, yeah, I went to an Italian horror movie fest. I've just watched a ton of weird shit lately. So the Italians, mm-hmm. God bless the, those damn Italians. Yep, and their weird my ass people. horror. <laughs> my people. Uh huh. Um, yeah, Christine. Anything? Oh, I, um, well, I start, I'm like a third of the way through, uh, Jim Carrey's new show, Kidding, Mm. and I think it's pretty good. Uh, it's, can be a little uneven in some episodes, but it's, one of the, um, creators is Michelle Gondry, and so he, uh, Jim Carrey plays like a, um, Mr. Rogers type character who's going through this sort of, like, life crises, and then how it plays out on his show and in his life and they're wonderful puppets and Jim Carrey is like, he's, he's pretty good. So I'm into it. And then Catherine Keener plays his sister and the puppet maker and she's amazing. And I could watch her like do her thing forever. Is it like a dark comedy or is it more? Okay. Yes. Hmm. Um, it's, it's pretty dark. Um, and yeah, I think it's some Jim Carrey at his best. There's definitely like, like even in the segments where it shows him uh, on stage in the middle of a shooting, like a kid's show, every line that he says, you're like, you're not sincere. There's some like weird hmm. undercurrent of like mania or just like weirdness underneath cool. you, which is what I've always loved about Jim Carrey. But hmm. yeah. Interesting. Cool. Dave, you got anything? Uh, I saw a Marageddon. Oh, yeah, you're right to give me that look. No <laughs> one's. So this is. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm just confused. <laughs> so Marageddon is just sort of uh, obviously someone's passion project. It appeared um, on Amazon Prime, I think. But it also had a limited screening in a couple couple states and so mm-hmm. on. Um, it's a movie in which um, the U.N. conspires with uh, Russia and China basically to uh, use an EMP bomb to in- initiate martial law in the United States. Um, and it kind of does a Red Dawn. <laughs> Bring it. It's kind of somewhere in between like Red Dawn and like the Turner Diaries. It gets like really like awkwardly libertarian and stupid. Oh, okay. Um, it was very bad. Um, <laughs> I think I this movie began it. as a title. I think. Oh, absolutely. The person came up with the title and then ha- exactly. And for yeah. a movie called Amerigeddon, it's about like a um, a Second Amendment enthused family who like oh. retreat to their like compound mm. and like. But nobody, like, oh, none of them die. So it's like Amerigeddon, but, like, the body count is, like, ostensibly zero as far as main <laughs> characters are concerned. Um, very, very bad. I watched it knowing it would be bad, um, but I did not know it would be uh, what it was. How is this movie available? Alex, oh, Alex Jones is in it also. Oh, great. He plays, oh. He's in the first few minutes, and he plays a U.S. senator, oh, ironically. Oh, he wishes. Which gives him the opportunity oh, to God. just sort of, like, do his blustering, like... One man against the regulations. You're not going to be able to stand uh, up for this. We're going to straighten it out. That is the so darkest like time for a big with a goblin. The, <laughs> the whole big Kavanaugh thing. Yeah, yeah so it's it's awful. But you can watch it if you want on uh, Amazon. Mm. I would I would suggest not watching it. I thought it'd be a laugh, and uh, by the end, I was. I don't think we plugged any of the other angry. movies where you could watch them, but I like that. Like this is the one we're like Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> Fly we American are sponsored Airlines. by Amazon and Halls Coffee. Oh my god. god! Just kidding. We're not. No, we're not. If you fly American Airlines, you can see all the movies I listed. We're also very happy that Amazon is not in our city right now. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, thank god. So, yeah. If anything, whatever. Fuck it. Fuck I still rely Amazon. on that bitch. But I know. whatever. I know. Fuck yourself. We were just talking about yeah. New Year's resolutions. I think I'm gonna wean myself off of Amazon. Mm-hmm. Nice. 
Wow. Cut yeah. this on. But what, what else offers two-day shipping? Uh, GoPuff offers five to 20-minute shipping. GoPuff is not better, my area. That's all. So. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Because GoPuff and Amazon are like, you know, basically the same thing. <laughs> Getting stoner snacks yeah. and, and the high world. and I buy pounds of kitty litter. <laughs> <laughs> and the most ridiculous items you can ever find. Um, Did you hmm. ever see that meme that's like me ordering <laughs> like, a br- like a pound of bricks again and my mailman like, ugh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, that's like so true. It, it is true. Yeah. <laughs> I need to haul my own fucking litter and bullshit. True. Um, that's a good lesson to leave Haul your own bullshit. <laughs> Take care of yourself. 19 Hashtag. Um, so I guess we're getting into the movie now, right? Let's do it. Um, cool. So Let yeah. I go. Um, I picked We Are Still Here, uh, which came out in 2015. Um, I really like this particular horror movie. Uh, it has Barbara Crampton in it, who's like a very well-known scream queen. She was in like Reanimator, and um, uh, she's also in a few newer things too. Beyond the Gate is one of them, as well as Your Next. So she's just like super awesome and super into the uh, horror stuff. Um, and then because I, it is a cold movie, um, so Connor thoroughly explained why he picked Groundhog's Day as his cold movie. It's so, important. Um, this is a New England ghost haunting kind of movie. It is the dead of winter in New England, so I think we can assume it fits into cold. Yep. Um, I and it was freezing while they were filming, which, mm. Christine, I know you were also interested mm-hmm. in if there was real snow or not, so there was real snow in this movie. That yeah, snow was convincing. Yeah. yeah, it was filmed in February, mm-hmm. and uh, most days, this is like the only bit of trivia that i really found but mm-hmm. that it was like below freezing most of the yeah. time they're shooting mm-hmm. so there you go so now we know that it's cold um so i'm assuming at this point people have listened to at least a few episodes so people should know the format um one person watched the trailer one person read reviews and the other person watched it um so who did reviews or no who did uh trailer yeah this, okay connor. i did i watched there we go. connor Great. watched the trailer connor watched the trailer um this is a really effective trailer um, it was definitely set up the vibe of like a haunted house in New England, mm-hmm. but then it's like, but it's not just a normal haunted house. There's like fire zombies, like in people's basements and smoke monsters. Um, some of the like effects and like looks are really cool. Yeah. Um, the sizzling skin. Oh, oh wait, mm-hmm. that was one other detail that I did find that, mm-hmm. um, the, the burns, the burn effects, like the kind of suit wear mm-hmm. that they had in prosthetics took, uh. Two hours to apply, one hour, one hour to remove. remove. Yep, I Which have that like, written down. <laughs> that's an odd. Huh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's like, uh, I understand why it would take so long to put on, but like I guess they were very careful taking it off as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's ha- so weird. And they got a lot of screen time, which was really cool. Yeah, it's that like, was cool. And I think the, yeah, the, the sizzling skin effect mm-hmm. was like glowing, and it was really... Yeah. And they only peppered that a little bit in the trailer, because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, there's these weird zombie ghoul. You yeah. don't even know what they were. Set up that this like family, it's like, this area, this house has been reported to like... Suck up people's blood. Um, stuff like that. Like, it's just like, you shouldn't move in, uh, kind of vibe, like, you shouldn't move into this house. But Don't it's go like, down that rod. Exactly. It was like, down that rod. But we got a good deal, so we're moving in here. Uh, then it said from the producers of Starry Eyes, which is one of my favorite. Oh, yeah, Starry Eyes um, is good. It's so... Uh, if you can't handle, like, body horror and, like, people peeling off <laughs> fingernails, don't watch Starry Eyes. Um, but Starry but Eyes damn, is one of my cool. favorite horror movies. I don't know how they do some of the prosthetic stuff that they do. <laughs> so it was definitely, like, people who are into the horror genre would be, like, recognize, like, the movies and the names that mm-hmm. were, say, directed by this, produced by whatnot. Um, it definitely intrigued me. It made it seem, because I was talking to Christine about it, it made it seem like the movie is kind of like balls to the wall crazy for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But I think Christine was saying that, that kind of is really amped up in the last mm-hmm. maybe like 20 minutes-ish okay. of the movie. Cool. So it seemed like like you'd be interested in watching it based off the trailer? If I wasn't traveling abroad, I would have definitely watched <laughs> it before recording. Oh, cool. Awesome. That's good to know. Yeah, I don't think I've watched a trailer for that particular movie. It was just a random, like, oh, this is on Netflix. I'll click on it. And it ended up being, like, really dope. Yeah. Um, Sam, you did reviews. And I think you've also seen the movie, right? I have. Yeah. Yes. And I started the review look at on Rotten Tomatoes and ended at Rotten Tomatoes because (laughs) this is nuts. So critics (laughs) gave it a 95% and fans said 48%. Whoa. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of crazy. That's a huge divide. Mm -hmm. I know. That's crazy. 
And most of like the fan comments were like, how did Rotten Tomatoes get this so wrong? I'm so disappointed. And so we'll get into that. But Mm -hmm. um, I thought I would go through kind of what the critics said. Mm -hmm. Um, Connor, I want to reiterate what you said is like, the third act, everyone was like, holy shit, this was amazing. The third act, balls to the wall action and yada, 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 mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, but from this person, her name is Heather Wixon. Um, I found this on dailydead.com. She says, as far as directorial debuts go, writer-director Ted, what I can only imagine is Geohoge, has done an admirable <laughs> job with... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> His last name... It's, it's not. It's definitely not Geohogi, but it, like I it, honestly, it's spelled G O G E O G H E G A N. Oh, Geohogi. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I, like it's definitely wrong and offensive, but I'm sorry I have strep throat. Um, um, so he does an admirable job there with we, "We Are Still Here" by crafting a quirky and clever, supernaturally infused tale of horror. Um, for anyone who grew up on a steady diet of horror movies from the last few decades, We Are Still Here has a lot of ingenuity and heart to offer. Um, this person talks about the performances, particularly Barbara Crampton. Um, she says the pain in her eyes is quite palpable from the start, and you can see why it's so easy for her to get manipulated by the malevolent forces trapped inside her new abode. Like, calm down. Um, <laughs> is this dailydead.com? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she ends it by saying... A wonderfully weird, gory, and full of heart and poignancy. We Are Still Here is an assured and well-crafted debut from Geohoge. That's clearly a heartfelt love letter embracing what genre fans enjoy most about horror movies. Um, So that's great. From Mm -hmm. this dude named Glenn Kenny. Um, Let's see. God, I can't even read. Beginning with maybe... A highly surprising heard but not seen shotgun blast that the movie starts getting good and nasty and very bloody. Um, the presence of Bar- Barbara Crampton should have tipped me off right away, given the amount of spatter she's been obliged to contend with mm-hmm. in most of her m- most celebrated movie roles. Oh, she's done some, she's been in some crazy <laughs> shit, man. Yeah, it would make little sense to place her in a relatively bloodless horror movie. Um, basically, it just goes on to say, like, this was an incredible movie and, like, deserved five stars and 90 five percent on rotten hmm. tomatoes the fans <clears throat> so this guy named riff j he gave it three stars and he said if you go in expecting a great horror due to hype and reviews i think you'll come away unimpressed um it's a really good film that delivers its scares frequently it successfully builds and accumulates tension from the beginning to end it may seem a bit slow during the fif- first 15 minutes but don't be fooled the movie is definitely heading somewhere um, continues on more than that, but like whatever. Um, Amy B gave it two stars <laughs> and said, <laughs> "I can't." You got Amy. Amy, yeah, tell us. Yeah, she said it was weird, but not in a good way. <laughs> and then finally, pointed I critique, laughed bad weird, out loud when I read this review. Um, guy named Cole, person named Cole, I shouldn't assume. Um, gave a one and a half stars and said, "Holy shit, this was bad. Acting was bad, script was bad, and the special effects were bad. I don't know what else to say. Except I only have three big regrets in life. The first is not finishing college. The second is dating my heartless ex, and the third is watching this film. Good wow. luck. Damn. Wow, this dude is. <laughs> he had that more. Movie, that movie hit him hard. Yeah, <laughs> this was a crucial <laughs> moment in his life. <laughs> So like also like what else happened to you in the world then like nothing? <laughs> That's a great report question. Two shitty things and then this. <laughs> what movie has cut you to the core? I know. So it's really interesting that they were so different, and it kind of like describes how I feel about the movie. I remember watching it because you know how my roommate and I do the month of spoop. We watched it, and I was just like, I think it had partly to do because there were commercials in it, mm. where I was just like really disengaged. But the last couple minutes, I was like, holy fuck! Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad that that's, like, one of the things that comes across, like, <laughs> for everyone, is that just, like, fuck, it gets insane mm-hmm. after a little while. Um, and then, Christine, you watched the movie, so I'm excited to know what you think. Um, I did not uh, get to re-watch it right before we filmed, um, but I've watched it a couple times now. Um, but, yeah, what did, what did you think, initial impressions? I really enjoyed watching it, mm-hmm. um, and definitely what's come up 
um, is that it's pre- it's a pretty restrained movie mm-hmm. uh, for the first two thirds, and mm-hmm. then yeah, shit really hits the fan mm-hmm. in the you know final segments in the third act. Where there's a there's one reviewer that mentioned spatter. There's so much blood spatter <laughs> mm-hmm. everywhere. Like the yeah. scene where the woman who is the bartender in the town bar yeah. gets her night her her neck stabbed, and then she falls against this giant white sheet that is clearly just there so that there could be a very very viscerally intense blood spatter scene. It's a lot of but light colors with blood. <laughs> so she falls against this white sheet and then her, like, it's the spurts of blood that are mm-hmm. coming out of her neck in moments that just spurt back onto the white yeah. sheet and are like, they definitely spent a long time blocking this and pulling uh-huh. this So off. a lot of the effects are practical? It seems As in... Like, like real blood, like well, real, not, not real blood. Uh, yeah, sorry, real sorry. Blood. There's no, there's no, oh, dread, sorry, sorry. There's no dread, uh, CGI blood. In this <laughs> CGI one, blood what is okay. what I was getting yeah. to. Not like someone had a real shitty job cleaning that stuff up. <laughs> this is real blood, um, as in it. Yes. We get it. We get it. Yeah. This is Squibs. real movie blood. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, yeah, and and I was definitely thinking a lot about. Um, the snow, the temperature, mm-hmm. and I thought it creates really great tension by cutting to shots that are big, sweeping shots mm-hmm. of the snowy landscape, big sweeping mm-hmm. shots of the house. Uh, and then inside, there's all this tension building because the couple is trying to figure out what's going on in their basement, and the boiler is always malfunctioning, and it gets very, very hot in their basement. And as they're hearing mm-hmm. creepy sounds and mysterious uh, creaks and things misplaced and so it's like stuff is heating up in the house and mm-hmm. then it's really cold out and I was like oh this is such a great this, way to like build to what's a pretty insane mm. climax this sounds like the plot's like a Rugrats episode <laughs> where they think the boiler in the basement is like alive yeah, I mean, that's also funny, too. I didn't really think about the contrast between, like, the, the thing with, like, these ghosts or that, like, the house keeps getting really hot. Like, they notice a lot of stuff in the basement specifically, which, like, I feel like is not something you hear with, like, a lot of the ghost kind of haunting stuff, while it's also, like, freezing outside. So I didn't really think about that contrast at all, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, Sam? Can I ask a clarifying question? Yeah. Just to make sure I'm thinking about the right movie. The ghosts, were they, like, minors? Do they look like miners? Some of them... They owned a funeral parlor. Yes. That was... So they built the house to be a funeral parlor. They were called the Dagmars. Yes, Dagmar! Old man Dagmar! Uh I love that name for some reason. I really love that whole... Yeah. Uh That keeps being repeated throughout the movie. Old man Dagmar! Uh It's just such a good name. Yeah. um, So they own a funeral... So, like, the whole, like, kind of backstory, I guess, like, a little bit more detail is that um, Barbara Crampton and her husband, who I believe is played by James um, Senig, I might be saying that name wrong or Andrew Senig I don't know why I said James um but I'm just all his name should be James it should be James sure that's it um who I also really enjoyed this movie but I haven't really seen him in anything else um so they're a couple who is just moving to this house and this is several months after their son has just died um it takes place in 1979 which I also want to get into like if kind of feels like the 70s feel to a lot of it which is cool um so they're moving into this house and kind of start noticing little haunting things going on. And Barbara Crampton's character immediately thinks it's like the ghost of their dead son. Yeah, what's their is, son's name? Is um, it like Jimmy or Tommy? It's it's something like that. I should have wrote that down. I feel like that was important. Lil Jimmy. It's it's something G-O-G. like she repeats his name <laughs> over and over again. Bobby, right? Bobby. 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 Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, because they keep repeating it. I and think so it's he. Bobby. And so, like, the husband is kind of like, yeah, no, I don't think this is what's going on. At the same time, you have this, like, creepy town of villagers that are in the area who tell them the story about how their house um, was owned by the Dagmars, who ran a funeral parlor. And eventually find out that they're, like, selling off, like, body parts and stuff. And then they're Um, run out of town. Yeah. Well, they, and they're, like, burned, um, which is why it's that, like, flame kind of look. I think that was, that was, I'm fairly certain that was in the trailer, like, explaining yeah. who they were and whatnot. But, like, she's still kind of convinced, like, her son's present. Like, she keeps saying she, like, feels him and stuff like that. It becomes pretty obvious quickly that these are some, like, evil things that are living in their uh, basement. And then you find out that, like, the town is kind of in on it, too. So it also becomes, like, kind of a weird, like, cults thing as well, which I'm into. Um 
and basically find out like every like 30 years they have to give this house a sacrifice uh, or else um, it'll wreak havoc on the town. Um, so they're the sacrifice because they keep saying this creepy phrase like this house needs a family. That's they what, keep saying yeah. it over and over again. It's so weird. It's very dairy. Yeah. Very like Stephen King it yeah. dairy mm-hmm. like every yeah. 30 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I also yeah. really liked about the the con- the climax and the conclusion is for the whole or most of the movie, you really think that it's the couple versus these beings in their basement mm-hmm. uh, or in the boiler room. But then once you start getting more information and realize the town is really trying to get essentially trap them in their house mm-hmm. to be able to be this sacrifice yeah. for these evil spirits. And then when there's the big face off at the end where the town is just descending upon the house mm-hmm. like running with like shotguns and axes at the house you realize that really the Dagmars and Barbara Crampton and her husband are in the same situation yeah. trying to defend themselves from the actual evil townspeople mm-hmm. yeah. which I thought was a nice little kind of twist in mm-hmm. re like imagining who the mm-hmm. evil presences are yeah And I feel like it wasn't reinventing the wheel as far as like hauntings slash like cult things go. I think it like combines a lot of elements from other things. Um, One thing that I did read is that um, it seems like this director who I feel horrible. We can't pronounce his name correctly um, is a pretty big fan of like Italian horror, uh, Uh which, you know, I also just had this Italian horror kick, which is kind of funny. Specifically, there are some like loose connections and like little like, you know, nudge, nudge, like, um, you know, references to Italian directors like uh, Lucio uh, Fulci, who directed things like The Beyond and The New York Ripper, which I love both of those a lot. Um, So there are some callbacks to some of these like 70s Italian horror movies, which is interesting. Um, And it feels like a very 70s movie at the same time, which I think is cool. There was also a thing where uh, the shot that we discussed before, the woman being stabbed in the neck and the spray of blood onto um, kind of a white surface is Mm -hmm. a reference to Tenebre. Yeah, Tanabre super oh, good. Tanabre, yeah, yeah. yeah, Argento. So yeah, so that's Argento who did uh, Suspiria, which I also just showed um, for one of my horror nights too. Um, so yeah, I I was super into just like these, you know, callbacks to some of these like cult classics as far as like horror movies go, um, which I didn't realize that until after I had seen it. So knowing that now, like, makes me more stoked about this <laughs> movie. Um, one thing I thought was cool was, like, jump scares. Um, I love watching a lot of horror movies. Um, I watch them pretty frequently. Um, but I don't find movies that often that are maybe able to, like, jump when I'm watching it or, like, give me a sense of terror. Um, like, last night watching Summer of 84 was actually a movie very similar to this where it's, like, kind of steady the whole time and then it, like, ramps up in the third act and gets crazy. Um, but gave me like a ton of anxiety the whole time I was watching it, which was like, I hadn't had that in a while watching a movie like that. Um, but this movie had a couple like decent jump scares. I was like, oh, they got me. Like I was surprised and excited Dang about it. it. <laughs> I know. Like I'm like, oh, that was good. Way to go guys. Um, like there's one where they just like, everything's like really chill. And then it just cuts to like, a um, image on reflected on a um, frame and it just shows a face of one of the ghosts and it like really got me when I watched it the first time or when the um, the the guy who's hired to mm-hmm. fix the boiler mm-hmm. is down there he's un- yeah. in the basement and he starts hearing mm-hmm. noises and then it keeps cut you see him kind of tinkering mm-hmm. downstairs and then you can see the long um, you can see shadows behind him mm-hmm. traveling in the dark spaces in the basement. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a simple shot and it's a pretty simple conceit, mm-hmm. but it, it really like, you know, you get startled when you see these shadowy mm-hmm. figures dart back and forth because yeah. you're like, fuck, he's mm-hmm. going to get fucked up. Do, do they give an explanation? I haven't seen this movie. Um, do they give an explanation that like this is like the minor family or the Dag Dagmar? The Dagmar Like, family. coming back Dagmas. from hell to try to, like, escape? Like, do they... Or is they keep it a little vague? That, I think, was a little ambiguous. Like, because they aren't necessarily... They are also victims of the evil spirits that were yeah. already existing in this... Mm-hmm. Pro- on this property. Yeah. And so, I think they just are kind of wreaking havoc mm-hmm. just to fuck with 
the fan, yeah. like with the couple, mm-hmm. um, which honestly I would do too if I were like, yeah. you know, relegated to eternal charredness underneath this house mm-hmm. and anyone who's moving in my original house yeah. I'd probably like want to fuck with them mm-hmm. a little bit one thing i thought would be interesting to talk about too is just like because i know um some people haven't seen this movie was just like this movie like like sam was reading the reviews like seems kind of divided as far as like critics and then like fans and stuff like that and i feel like that's like a lot of horror that comes out now like i personally think there's been like so much amazing that's horror that's come out recently and i know that you guys aren't all like the the biggest like horror genre people um but like you know i think we've talked about some movies like the witch and that i know people are divided on or like hereditary i've heard people being divided on and like a lot of stuff like that so like kind of thinking of like what are some of the successful elements in people's minds because it seems like people can be pretty divided on these so like what are the things that you need to make like good horror now for me it's it's practical effects mm. yeah um, yeah i appreciate that which we talked a lot about in uh in october during our horror movie theme. Mm-hmm. but i think the idea of like horror is an interesting genre because you can make a movie for let's say 20 30 million dollars mm-hmm. and have it gross like 200 million dollars mm-hmm. for blair witch where it's like i forget like a uh, 30,000 or something and it grossed like some astounding number mm-hmm. and the horror genre is kind of one of the Maybe nowadays the only genre that's like critic proof mm-hmm. where uh, something like what was the conjuring movie? The, the, the nun oh, got yeah, horrible yeah. reviews kind of like across the board. Uh, maybe but some people are into it. Some people are into it. But yet that movie is the highest grossing conjuring movie in that franchise. Wow. So it's like huh. it, it's just interesting to think about how people who are into horror will tend to like see. They turn out. They turn mm-hmm. out. Horror they fans turn out. turn out. Yeah, that's true. I think for me, um, atmosphere. Mm. So like if I'm really, if I feel what the characters are going through. Mm-hmm. So like you were talking about like the cold. If I was like feeling cold while, while I was watching this, I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is success- a successful movie and horror movie. Mm-hmm. But I also think an appropriately timed jump scare. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking about this one in The Haunting of Hill House, where it's in one of the later episodes where um, Theo and Shirley are in the car and they're like arguing. Then all of a sudden, I don't want to spoil, but like, one of the ghosts pops out and like I screamed (laughs) my heart was beating fast for at least five minutes and it was just because like I was so caught up in Theo and Shirley's Mm -hmm. argument like I was definitely not expecting that and so like that was well done Mm -hmm. that's interesting too because like the jump scares are definitely get me but also even movies where I know something's about to happen, but I'm waiting for it to happen. Um, Give like I've been really into like I watched that movie, Witch in the Window recently, which was really good. And there's one part where it's a dad and a son and they like know that it's this like ghost witch thing um, and they are walking towards it very slowly. And the dad is kind of obviously reaching out to like touch it and like talk to it and it's not doing anything it has their back to them the whole time and so you know the whole time like something's about to happen but the build-up to it like was Mm -hmm. so anxiety inducing that like i think that's cool too like jumps like if i get jump if i get got by a jump scare i'm like hell yeah you know but like something like that too that like can build that up for me is really appreciated i think the beginning of the and this is i think the best part of the entire series the beginning of hill house does that expertly Mm, yeah i agree there's just the father coming into the room the son is confused but frightened and the father is terrified but like trying to control the situation and you don't really even see anything because he says close your eyes right and it becomes Mm -hmm. this whole thing where it's like the urgency of don't look don't look don't look this and that Mm -hmm. um as a pretense before they leave the room like once they leave the room i'm already terrified because they spent so much time Mm -hmm. building this kind of momentum Mm-hmm. behind uh, the urgency of the situation and the horror inherent to it. Um, so all you're so seeing think, is just the characters reacting to something you don't yet know what I they're think reacting the, to? the scariest stuff in horror is watching people, the characters' reactions. That's why The Shining, mm-hmm. Shelley Duvall's performance is stellar mm-hmm. because I can see her face recoiling so <laughs> oh often in my mind. And Hereditary with... Um, yeah. Oh, Tony Collette. Uh, Tony Collette. So many similar looks of just like complete astonishment and horror. And I think that that sells... I think that sells horror better than the horror itself a lot of the time. The the vicarious reaction that you mm-hmm. see in an actor or a character that you can place yourself into. That's a great... I was yeah. fixated on... Like, I couldn't take a, my eyes off Barbara Crampton 
the whole movie. God, she's so amazing. She is so amazing. Like, her eyes, like, her, I loved her haircut, first of all. First of all, I was like, oh my god, I want to be you. She also, like, always just has, like, great and hair and stuff. Oh. She's got this bleach blonde hair. She's still a total baby, even though I don't know how old she is now, but, like, still just looks fucking fantastic. And, yeah, and, like, I wouldn't say, like, she's, like, the most nuanced performer no. that ever existed, no. but, like, for... A movie like this and watching her go through these processes of, like, um, witnessing scary things, like, grief over the loss of her mm -hmm. son. Like, she communicated mm -hmm. that so wonderfully mm -hmm. through her eyes and, like, her, like, slowly walking through the house. Her all, I, eyes were always, like, kind of red, like she had just been crying yeah. in a lot of scenes. Oh. Yeah, That's intense. I know, which I was like, just felt is like a nice touch. Like she's clearly like very still like emotional over the stuff that's going in any situation. And I was like, I believe you gave this movie a hundred percent. Yeah. What you had. <laughs> she does horror so well. Um, I, yeah, I'm a huge fan of her. Um, and specifically two things I thought were also interesting to talk about too, is like just Movies like this that deal with grief specifically, um, and this, again, definitely not the first horror movie to, like, utilize grief um, as, like, kind of, like, you know, the theme of a lot of these movies. I think that's, like, a major part of the Babadook and stuff, too. Um, but it's, like, grief that, like, clearly these couples, this couple is feeling, but also in different ways. Um, and then also at the same time, like... The fact that they, even though we're going through a really horrible time, which can sometimes cause, like, issues between them, they still, like, really obviously love each other. And they have these really adorable, beautiful, tender moments in that movie, hmm. which always get to me when I watch it. Um, just these, like, teeny little things they, like, say to They're each like other. They're, like, day-to-day routines, yeah. too. What is the mm -hmm. husband's name? Like, like Harry or something? She's like, yeah. oh, Harry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, Would yeah. you like another scotch, Harry? <laughs> and there's like a moment where like he's like being very understanding of stuff. Like she invites their crazy friends who are like oh my you know, God. the hippie like yes. stoner couple um, that they invite um, because like she wants someone to be with her who like kind of believes in the paranormal stuff. And like he's like, oh, I hate these people, obviously. And then he kind of realizes like, oh, you've already called them to invite them. And he's just kind of like. Yeah, she needs this. And he's, like, pretty understanding and kind of goes on board with it, which I think is also kind of cute. Um, so it was just kind of, like, interesting to, like, see, you know, those two things married together. Um, you know, I think, you know, grief is actually, like, a huge part of, like, a lot of these, like, horror movies and stuff, too. So seeing it in kind of a different way. It's nice. The movie devotes a lot of time to just watching her put up photos of her family, mm -hmm. a lot of cuts to the photo of the son, and you just see, like, as this couple moves into this house, how they, like, like, I feel like pictures and photos play a big part mm -hmm. in, like, setting the scene for a lot of, you know, the action that goes on mm -hmm. within it. So, um, and I, also just, like, tons of shots of the house itself, which I thought was really mm. cool. Shots of the side of the house, close-ups to the little hood, like, the classic, like, mm -hmm. hook hanging from the window. I was like, ooh, spooky. But, mm -hmm. like, I was like, I get what you're doing. But this is, this is great, like, attention to detail. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's set, like, the photos within the house and um, all of the, like, careful furniture also connects to that notion mm -hmm. of her moving through the space and being sad. And, like, yeah. then you're like, okay. You mm -hmm. think you're sad now. <laughs> things Just are like, going to hit the fan. Yeah. And then it like, yeah, everyone keeps talking about the third act, which is basically just a bloodbath goes on in this oh, house at the nice. end. When the it's old insane. neighbor uh, shoots the shotgun and blows the head off of the, like, the... Oh, my God. Um, yeah. The, the soothsayer or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it Oof. just kind of goes like... Yeah, it just goes insane, which, like, that much gore and stuff ends up, like, being kind of comical, and it's hard for it hmm. to not be comical, too, um, which is also interesting, because I feel like the movie overall was not trying to be comical. Like, there are elements of it, like the hippy-dippy couple, like, being, like, high and drunk all the time and stuff like that, but... Um, I thought there was some, like, sort of self-aware, comedic, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, I, f I felt like, in in some sense, the movie kind of, like knew that it's you know plot was not the mm -hmm. most like inventive or like yeah. creative and that they were drawing a on a lot of like sort of structures of mm -hmm. other horror movies yeah. and so that there was sort of like this 
mm-hmm. self-aware feeling yeah. about it, especially mm-hmm. in like the bloodbath scene yeah. at the end. Which I, I think those are interesting things to talk about too with everyone. Like, I mean, also one reason I just love this movie is the aesthetic of all of it. Is that like late 70s, like 80s kind of stuff. Like anything like that, I'm like totally on board with. But like two things, like the the comedy aspect of horror, because when we did our like horror month for Halloween, um, Sam picked a comedic horror movie. Connor picked a comedic horror movie. I think I picked one, but it probably wasn't meant to be comedic. Comedic for <laughs> um, us. Comedic <laughs> for us. Um And so, like, how, like, those two things are married together a lot of the times, and it seems like a lot of us, like, enjoy that. Um, I forget what my other point was, but I think that was one element specifically I was interested in. Oh, and then the other was, like, what kind of horror movies are people drawn to? Because I realize more and more that I actually kind of do, like, haunting stuff like this. Um, I think sometimes people can do it really well. Uh, But also, like, some people totally aren't drawn to this kind of stuff. I love a good old-fashioned ghost story. Yeah. Possession, haunting. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also liked a ghost story, which we still haven't had that debate. <laughs> oh, did you not like it? I hated it. I fell asleep in the middle of it just because it's very slow and it was late and I was Ugh, It thought it was like... I probably cried for about 10 minutes. The new coming wow. of, you know... I The, the, the seven and, and a half pie-eating pie scene um, still gets me. <laughs> that lasts for so long. It's seven and a half minutes and it's amazing. Oh, oh God. But yeah, like, I didn't mean to sidetrack there. But that's like a ghost story that's doing something new, too. Just Casey um, F. like wearing a sheet. Yeah. Anyone else have like stuff they're like drawn to? <laughs> Sam. I like um, female centered horror movies. So like Hush was really good. Oh, I love Hush. Um, I like like suspenseful mm-hmm. movies. So if I'm going to watch something, although don't get me wrong, I like a little supernatural aspect too. Mm hmm. I also like like a little werewolf. I don't know. Now and again. Yeah. <laughs> just a, throw a, little a sprinkling just, of werewolf. Just, just a sprinkling in. of a little yeah. werewolf. What's your favorite oh, werewolf then you movie? Might, I wonder if you would like The Howling. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. It's a very female-centric werewolf movie. <gasps> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everything I wanted. Yeah, I know. Ooh, a female werewolf movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just watched it for the first time recently. <laughs> that? Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I watched it the same night I watched another Barbara Crampton movie, uh, Castle Freak, which is weird as fuck. She's with Jeffrey Combs, who plays the main character in uh, Reanimator 2. That's such a great um, name for yeah, a movie. so great. Um, Sam, were you going to say something? Honestly, I don't even... Oh, I, I like werewolf movies because I'm deeply, deeply afraid of werewolves. I know that's like irrational because they're not mm. real, but like Jesus Christ. But like of the things to kill you, that's yeah, like... Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Totally but fine. I also want to be one. It's like confusing. Is Professor <laughs> Lupin cool. your favorite professor in Harry he, Potter? Okay. Oh, I don't. <gasps> He's go there. definitely mine. I don't want to go there, but like I definitely wrote like fanfic back in the day yes. with Professor He's Lupin, great. like one hundred. Yeah. He's so good, Sam. I don't know if we've talked about this. <laughs> Did we just write something? Do I think we have found it? a deep, deep connection. Did you wow. also write Professor Lupin? I did not write fan fiction, but I was obsessed. Well, I was obsessed with David Thewlis slash Professor I was really Lupin. hoping that we could have everyone read off their um, fan fiction about Lupus on the show one time. <laughs> it <laughs> was a cold autumn morn. Your eyes, they're like your mother Lily's. It was, it was definitely not with like David Lewis, but it was with the character. Okay, of so Lupin. mine like kind of merged. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I'm so happy True. we've. Oh yeah. no, we've, no, 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 no. Yeah. I, I would go by my Harry Potter nickname. Like I had a back. So in high school. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. This in high school. Weird. <laughs> in high school, we had this like competition at the end of the year called Anything Goes, where it was like all the grades would like verse each other in like mm-hmm. sports and activities. And um, we would get shirts made and they would have like the year of school you're in. The year you were gonna graduate, and then like a nickname on the back, and one of mine said Tonks. Oh, cute! Yeah. So cute. Cute, cute, cute. I also like we we went to that. They're in that Harry Potter movie too. I feel like they make the werewolf look very interesting in that movie, mm-hmm. which I was kind of into. Um, but also like kind of going back to practical effects like some of the i mean i don't know if i'm totally into werewolf movies like as just like a genre but i have watched a lot of them and like there are some like 80s ones with like crazy practical effects for like the changes Mm -hmm. that like are just some of the best practical effects like i've ever seen oh yeah american werewolf in london yeah oh it's great (laughs) and then the guy that does the one for the howling is the same guy that did the practical effects for the thing Mm. um which is also Mm. fucking incredible practical effects there's this one episode of charmed called the the wendigo that 
honestly probably also an episode of Scooby-Doo with a werewolf that like kept me up at night just <laughs> absolutely like shitting my pants terrified wow Scooby-Doo like, got to you yeah running from one room to another in a hallway all night <laughs> terrified <laughs> closing doors and coming out different doors yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. making plans to catch the monster and then they immediately get foiled <laughs> turns out they were behind me the whole time <laughs> I'm, in, I'm into this yeah um yeah, any any other thoughts about like, you know, just some of the generalized kind of horror stuff we've been talking about or like thoughts on the movie? I, I really want to see it. Yeah. Yeah, I dig it a lot. It was just a weird one that I think I just like put on because it was on it's been on Netflix or something or like Amazon for forever. Um, and so it was just one that was like, oh, I guess I'll like put this on. Um, and that's how I've seemed to have found like a lot of the movies I really love. Like that's how I found Hush. Like I just was like, oh, I guess I'll watch this movie. Um, that's how I found uh, House of the Devil, which is also like a really, really good one. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just kind of cool um, to stumble upon this. And it's one that like I think about a lot, which I think is really what I look for in a lot of these movies are just things that like stick with me, um, which Summer of 84 totally stuck with me. And I keep thinking about it now. Um, yeah um cool well thank you guys for uh participating and uh doing your duties for this this session thank um, you great recommendation great pick. Yeah. um thank you i'm i'm glad i'm glad i got a another horror movie in there it's probably gonna happen a lot more frequently <laughs> but you know um so we're gonna take a quick break and then come back for our uh very special christmasy winter themed uh, whiteboard question brought to you by halls <laughs> and maybe Amazon? I have a grapefruit one in my mouth right now. Hey. 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 Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Butter With That. Um, so you guys just heard us talk a lot about my movie. Uh, we are still here. Um, so we are going to wrap up per usual with the whiteboard question, which um, I think we're all doing kind of Christmassy themed stuff since we decided to skip a Christmas month. <laughs> That's excessive. It felt excessive. I agree. And there are just like so many really bad Christmas movies out there that... Um, but there's also a lot that I'm excited to see. I'm personally excited about this, um, you know, Santa Claus one with... Um, Kurt Russell. Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Yeah. Very the Christmas on my recommended Netflix. But um, he and Goldie Hawn are in it together, and they haven't been on screen together for, like, years and years. Um, that's cute. And it's cute. Would you have cute. a butter with that Christmas watch? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that we have, like, you know, a week before Christmas? <laughs> Could be post-Christmas. <laughs> okay. Um, July <laughs> Yeah, Christmas in July. Oh, yeah. So so we decided to at least make the whiteboard question themed, which I think was a good idea. Um, And so the one I decided to do was uh, pitch a Hallmark Christmas movie because um, it is the season of lots of really corny Hallmark Christmas movies for everyone. Um, And I think what's the one that's out right now that's a big deal? Um, Christmas Prince 2 or whatever. More princes. More more (laughs) princes, yeah. Someone at work told me, you need to watch it. It's so bad. And you're like, do I? Vanessa Hudgens' Christmas Swap or something. The Princess Switch. Yeah, the Princess Switch. Oh, yeah. I feel like I've heard about people watching that one. Um, Yeah, I don't don't care a ton, but. um. (laughs) I watched half of the Christmas Prince last year. Okay. You weren't one of the 53 people who watched it 18 days in a row. (laughs) Who would watch it 18 days in a row? Mm. Who is the Christmas Prince? (laughs) Great. None of us know. No, no, I don't don't know. (laughs) That could be a response for later. Christmas, guys. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. uh, Who wants to start pitching me some uh, Hallmark movies? I'm excited. I can go first. Okay. My movie is called The Christmas Horse. Nice. Ooh. Richard is a big city banker. Oh, I thought the horse's name was Richard. <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas horse. It's Richard. 
I want to see a horse as a banker. <laughs> yep. It's like Bojack Horse in the oh, Bojack yeah. Horse. Is there is a great Bojack Looney. Christmas special. So is there? True. Mm-hmm. Is that the one where it's like in the TV show itself, like he's, in Horse and Around? Well, yeah. So he's watching like an old episode of Horse and Around. Mm. So good. Uh, so Richard is a big city banker. His big city bank had just bought the small town bank, and so he has to assess the property of this farm, which is about to go into foreclosure. So he has to go and assess the property. How many horses do they have? Wait, the value he, of the land. He has to, as the guy who just bought the bank. He's like he's like a pencil pusher at the bank. Okay. He doesn't uh, like run the bank. Uh, okay. All right. He's part he of a bank that bought a bank. I see. Yeah, exactly. He bank. works for the big city bank that bought the small town bank. Okay. okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, go on. <laughs> so he goes to like do an assessment of the property. Uh, the family's hardworking. They have like six kids. They pray every night at dinner, um, but he has to take the farm away from them. Because they haven't paid their their bill in six months, and Damn. that's like the limit. He's like got a, and this is like December first when he goes. It's like you got like a couple more days to pay whatever. The horse starts to talk to him, the prize pony that they have. So what's this, the pony's uh, name? The pony's name is. Um, is this Mr. Ed? It's a little like Mr. Ed. <laughs> okay. Uh, the pony's name is um, Doctor P. <laughs> Sam was like, I'm going to say something. What were you Never say? mind. Nothing. What? I'll accept it. What? I like that he has a job. The horse? He's a doctor. <laughs> the horse is a doctor. Yeah. Dr. P. I like that he has a job. He's employed. He's making his way. Uh, and so the horse. I want to see, see his degree. And so I think I my favorite Hallmark movies are the ones that are a little magical with some like supernatural kind of elements. So a horse talking to him could have some fun Dr. Doolittle antics. Um, and then the horse tries to convince them to like not sell the farm and to like see the magic of the family. And then I was imagining later on in the film, he like comes back, he gets stuck in a blizzard, uh, has to stay in the town. The family puts him up, even though he's about to foreclose on them. And then he like sees the power of family at Christmas time. The, the horse whispers in his ear, see the magic of the family. See the magic of the family. Oh, can we? No. <laughs> and the horse is sort of like his Christmas companion as horse. he like goes through the town. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut. And there now. could be there could be other animals that talk. Doesn't just have to be Doctor P. Um, could be other animals as what well. Is the, oh, pony. Yes. Yeah. Wait, is it is it Doctor because the Doctor Doolittle? Is this like a okay? Hallmark movies are not subtle. Word. No, they are not. Does um, Rex Harrison play? The, the dad's name is. Yeah, we, yeah, we get Rex Harrison. The, the, He's the, the original Doctor Doolittle. I know. The, the dad's name. The dad's name is Rex. <laughs> The Wait, dad's what? name is Rex. Who owns the farm? Ah, oh, okay. I like that you have added that element to it. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Cool. So some talking animal. This is like a pretty rough draft. Not okay. like my uh, Jason Statham. You didn't Santa have to Claus. have a whole. Yeah, you guys didn't have to have like a whole write up. I mean, eventually well, you will, but you know, for, home, for now. that's homework assignment. Yeah. So Doctor Doolittle, talking animals, big banker, learning that it's not all about money. It's about the family and your farm. Mm. 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 True. The Christmas Horse coming to Netflix next Christmas. (laughs) Can't wait. What else, guys? All right, I got one. So I think I've mentioned my fondness for the classic Christmas Shoes. The Christmas Shoes. So this is actually not a Hallmark Hallmark movie. Christmas Shoes uh, was broadcast uh, by CBS, Mm -hmm. but it's in the same vein. Um, So I sort of went off the theme of movies inspired by Christmas songs because Christmas Shoes was based on the, like, 1998 classic Christmas Shoes, and then they made a movie about it. So I decided to take uh, another movie that is a Christmas classic called Father Christmas by the Kinks, where the kids demand money instead of toys uh, and a job for their dad. Are you all familiar with this no. Give us money. So I was like, all right, wow. this this sort of the opposite of Christmas shoes. This so this movie is gonna be called <laughs> Christmas Shoes 2, colon, a robust universal healthcare system. Now in the Christmas shoes one, <laughs> the Christmas shoes oh, one, God, the kid. Hey. 
Christine, every goddamn time. The mother, no, it's it's intent. Like the mother's waiting for a heart transplant, and she doesn't get it. And so the kid runs to the shoe store, and it's like, I'd like to buy these shoes for, for my, my mommy, mommy, please. Mom. I thought yeah. I was gonna buy a heart. And so, <laughs> well, it's like she can't fucking get the heart you transplant. You need the shoes first to get to the heart, <laughs> obviously. The doctor's like, give me the shoes, out. and I'll give you the heart. Doctor P, give me the Dr. shoes. P. Give you the heart. PhD. Um, Doctor so. PhD. Yeah, so it's a really sad, sad story in which this mother can't get a heart for her trans heart transplant. Um, and then, like, it's unfortunate. I mean, she ends up dying at the end of the movie, yet somehow Rob Lowe learns a lesson about the goodness of giving. And it's like, fuck that. The mom should have survived. And Rob Lowe, you know, should have just gone about his business. So you do, you do know there is too. already a Christmas shoes, too. Oh, fuck. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Neil it's pa- fine, just three. Christmas shoes all right. three. Neil, Neil Patrick Harris plays the kid grown up. Oh, all right. Well, so they fine. rewrote. Christmas just, shoes three, based on this original song, Father Christmas, in which all kids from the town, like the kid from Christmas shoes, gather at the mall and demand free universal health care. And that is Christmas shoes three. Hell yeah. I like it. I'm into it. Give us some money for health care. Forget the toys. And there's like a great line that's like, save all the toys for the little rich boys. And then wow. that's what's that the tagline. Wow. Sure. <laughs> wow. Actually, don't even give the toys to anybody. Just create <laughs> universal health care. Always taking it somewhere I never expect, Christine. Yeah. Um, well, two things. Buckle up. And one, the Christmas in this is very thin. So our story begins in San Francisco, California, um, who our heroine in this story. Um, she's about 18 years old. Um, because I just watched this movie to the boys I loved before, the, the main actress in that. I can't remember what her name is. Um, I, I would want her to be the main character mm-hmm. in this. Um, she's very, like, she's very... Um, put together, very nerdy, very like, oh, like I'm stiff and I don't know how to have fun, like that kind of thing. Um, and like, you know, her mom is like very loving and caring, but like she can't really relate to her daughter and her daughter is going to school and she doesn't have a lot of friends and it's just like really awkward. And, and then, you know, as she's living her life, uh, the town that she's living in in San Francisco gets a visit by this like dignitary from a, a country in Africa. Um, or, you know, like, like a country just, you know. East of us, I'll say, like just east of us, um, and turns out that this dignitary, that this this woman, is actually the girl's grandmother, and she's like, oh my god! Turns out, so so. Is this based on Princess Diaries? Wait, I'm sorry. so. How dare you? Um, is this anyway, Hallmark the... steals from everyone, guys. <laughs> exactly. This is a movie you're making up. This is not a. I'm nowhere near done. Um, So, right. So she finds out that this woman is her grandmother. Her mom's like not really feeling it. She's like, I I hit this from you because it didn't matter. It just didn't matter. But the grandmother's like, actually, we need you to lead our country. So like, I need you to come back with me. Um, We'll teach you the ways. We'll make you into like a a beautiful leader. And then like, it's all good. And she's like, okay, sweet. Um, So they go to this made up country, right? Genovia. No. Um, so they go to this made up country and, you know, she's learning the way of being a princess and being a queen. But then there's this like other family who's like trying to also get the throne. And so like Chris Pine. So it's Chris Pine. So the, the matriarch of this family is Lucy Liu. 100% is Lucy Liu. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, I gotta find a way in because we want power. We want this. So I don't know if y'all have ever seen, um, what's that show? Um, okay, so it's on YouTube. It's called The Lizzie Bennett Diaries. Mm-hmm. Um, the actor who, pays, who plays Bingley. So he's gonna be like the son of this family who they're trying to make king. Um, while this is happening, while she's like, okay, we're gonna find a way to infiltrate this, show that she's like not a great princess, not a great queen. The heroine of the story 
she's starting to have these visions like as she's sleeping and they're like really really vivid they're vivid of like her father but it's like ancient times and like she's watching her father die and like in real life her father was like her father died when she was very young and she's like oh is my father murdered like is this what happened and the woman in her dream who like ends up killing her father looks like lucy Liu, and it's very strange it's very strange now as time goes on, we I'm realize. Like the edge of my seat. <laughs> so like things go like our heroine goes through classes. She's starting to become a good a princess and eventually a good queen. And and then Lucy Liu, she's she's also having visions too. Um, but instead, like she's visited by like this little green monster and like she doesn't really get it. But she's seeing like her past. <laughs> this is her so specific. And her like her future. And she's like, wow, look at like this little muppet of a thing. Like it's like a frog and like she doesn't really get it. But she's also having this dream of like her too like murdering the old king right and so it's nuts it is it's just it's bizarre but um finally lucy lou is like you know i don't really i don't think that my nephew is going to be a good leader so like i kind of want to push him out of the way too um so instead i'm going to take control of myself and she launches a coup and it's nuts um and then she like somehow brings like an undead army like no, no one knows how she does this this is still a hallmark movie this is yeah. still a christmas okay, movie great. yeah yeah um and in case you can't tell it's not only inspired off of princess um, the Princess Diaries, but also the Mummy, um, and so, <laughs> so she launches this undead army, right? But she's like having these dreams about like you know, m- like maybe a Muppet and like maybe Christmas and like that kind of thing. Um, so she's eventually gonna feel like regret and like oh maybe I shouldn't do this because I'm like haunted by the ghost of myself in the future, like whatever. Um, and so then this the the nephew um, realizes that like oh hey I have like this weird tattoo and it means like I'm meant to say this place or whatever from Lucy Liu and so he eventually does he stops the undead army and it's great and then um so eventually our heroine like does become um queen and it's all great they fall in love and it's cool they don't get married because she's like queen herself and it's okay and Lucy Liu is just fine and then that was my uh (laughs) where's the Christmas the um the final battle takes place on Christmas sure I mean I told you it was thin Right? And so, like, her vision of, like, a Muppet Christmas Carol, you know, was there. It was present. Only for a little bit. It didn't really matter because this was based off of the two best movies that almost were ever made. Princess Diaries 1. Actually, three. Princess Diaries 1 and 2. And um, The Mummy Returns. Wow. You had a little Pride and Prejudice in there. There was I a did. sprinkling, right. a sprinkling of it. Yeah, I was starting to think like Pride and Prejudice and zombies in my head yeah. specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because here the thing is, is like Hallmark mar- movies are typically garbage, and so I was like, well, I still want my movie to be garbage. The mm-hmm. highest budget but, Hallmark movie. Ever yeah, made. I still want it to be garbage, but at least one I was gonna watch. Yeah. The, okay. That's a well, lot of sets involved. I think it should that's be, gonna made, be amazing, but I don't know if Hallmark is gonna make it. You know. Yeah, but once they hear this and that we're sponsored by Halls, they're like, mm. yeah, they already have an audience. They have a following. And maybe Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> um, that right. is amazing. Oh, I would pay money to go well, see Well, to be fair, I also tried to do a little bit of a hybrid, but in my head I was like, what can make money? Because this is all about the money. Let's be real. Um, and I figured the two leading, you know, uh, you know, different... What am I trying to think of? I'm sorry. I'm forgetting all my words. Not characters. with. No, two of the big, like, (laughs) you know, the demographic of people who watch these movies are a lot of, like, you know, ladies specifically, but I think, like, you know, middle-aged women are super into these movies. Um, And I was trying to think of another, like, area those women are drawn to, so I also was thinking um, Lifetime movies. Okay. Oh, sure. I thought you were going to go Fifty Shades of Grey, but, like, Yeah, I thought you were going to go there, too. But this is going to be a marriage between the two, so Hallmark, it's going to have the the fun-lovingness of a Hallmark movie, but also having the thriller aspect of a Lifetime movie. The the cautionary tales of the Lifetime story. I got a great lifetime story later so this this whole setup is that it's it's the holidays and this woman is uh being stalked by some like serial killer um and she's like very scared um she's like really concerned like she's getting all this like creepy stuff i couldn't figure out what she does i figured i don't know like she has an etsy page she's a youtuber or something like that i don't know um 
And, you know, she becomes, like, friends with a detective um, who is, like, trying to, is, like, the only one that actually takes her seriously. Um, And so he's trying to help her figure this out, too. And slowly they're, like, falling in love as this is happening. Is he the stalker? Um, No. Okay. But he, let's say, heroically saves her on Christmas from the stalker. He reveals the identity of the person. Um, It's someone she works with. And, you know, he saves her. Turns out, they fall, after they fall in love, he reveals, after all the shit goes down, that he's just like a duke from another country who wow. came to the United States, wanted to learn about American culture, got a job as some detective, and so they get engaged... <laughs> And then got a job as a detective just yeah. rolling yeah. in cross cultural experience. Right, okay. Just yeah, uh, right. throw your throw your hat in the ring and yeah. become a detective. I've known less experienced police exactly. officers. I've got to say. So it ends. It ends with them getting engaged. But there's a sequel aspect to it okay, too. Right. And the sequel is she is in that country. She is um, trying to learn how to like you know be a duchess or whatever because they're gonna get married. Oh, is this um, Meghan Markle? Stalker comes back. Oh no! But like is in love with her and trying to prove he loves her by knocking off all the other people oh. ahead of them in line for the throne. I guess that's um, okay. So it ends up looking like it's her betrothed that is the person that is like doing the murders. Uh, but it also means after they finally catch the stalker and kill him or whatever, uh, now she is like queen and stuff. Nice. So, yeah. Oh, I like that. And no more Thanks. detective. Uh, no, they're together. Do you have a title? Did you have a title mm-hmm. in mind? No. Nah. All right. Yeah. Christmas shoes. Um, you know, the, the Christmas, Christmas stalker. Mm. Chris, the, yeah, the, the Christmas stalker. It follows. Christmas. Colon. Christmas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, there we go. That's, mm. <laughs> Well, thanks. All of these movies my get my back. I, uh, yeah, I'm real excited for all of these. I can't wait to see them get made. Um, <laughs> this isn't the first time we've done pitches like this either, so I'm, I'm pretty stoked about all of them. I like pitches, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. All of our monster movies and stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that kind of wraps it up for the most part, unless anyone else has got anything. Um, we can wrap up with plugs per usual, if anyone has things to plug. Uh, I want to plug... Uh, my fiance Alyssa's Facebook art page, Alyssa Arts. Um, she does amazing paintings of like photographs of people's dogs or plants and does this kind of like pop mm-hmm. art style. Um, so she's like just trying to like paint and like do her Alyssa, stuff. So. so definitely check out her Facebook page. She's pretty rad. Cool. Um, this is topical considering Christine's um, Hallmark movie. I want to plug. The Minute Clinic at CBS, um, just because visiting them was cheaper than my gen- my PCP. So um, God bless you, CBS Minute Clinic. Mm. Wow. Brought to you by CBS Minute Clinic. We are we have a lot of sponsors. If you can't tell, um, we're this, blowing up. This episode has drastically changed the tone of the podcast. I think. Um, I, you know, will plug my Chill and Kill Horror Nights that I do first Sunday of every month at Century Bar. The next one will be January 6th, which is also my sister Nella's birthday. Uh, But we are going to do Mandy because uh, it only had a pretty short run and a lot of people have not seen it. And it is just crazy fucking Nick Nick Cage action that we're super stoked about. So 100% will be there. Yeah. Word. I'm excited about it. Um, And then, you know, of course, rate review subscribe do all of the things follow us on instagram yeah Facebook. We, we're on the gram we're on the book all that stuff don't give me that face sam that's what the kids are saying <laughs> are they <laughs> i don't know we should have a butter with that snapchat that's what the kids really love no i don't no, they like tiktok I snap oh TikTok. it's tiktok i don't care it's it's chinese snapchat and on that note, <laughs> um, thank you guys for listening to another episode. We'll be back uh, with our next um, installment, Christine's movie. Um, so, yeah, listen up for the next one. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all just. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>